Live from the Nixcast Phanthropological Institute, today we're talking about Homestucks. Welcome everybody to Phanthropological, the show where we give you the fans I view of fandoms big, small, medium, all sizes, all kinds, all all classes, all aspects, coming to you with this fan I view every week. This week, under the radar, in the microscope, we've got Homestuck. And with me to discuss this venerable webcomic, I've got my two usual co-hosts, T. Uh, I'll take a venti. Oh, okay. Got you down for a venti here. And G. Also available in mild, medium, and spicy. Chunky. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Nobody knows who that is. Chunky upon request. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows who that is just yet. But uh, I'm about to pull back the curtain. Joining us on this episode, very special guest. It is Soph. Hey. Hello. What's up? Hey. All right, as Z mentioned, this week we're talking about Homestuck, and in case you didn't know, Homestuck is a webcomic by Andrew Hussey, uh, who had to cite MS Paint Adventure, which did things like uh, Problem Sooth, and uh, I don't remember the, the other two, but Problem Sooth was probably the biggest fall by Homestuck. Um, it has 8,150 pages, mm-hmm. and uh, it began all the way back in April of 2009 with Homestuck beta before it went into Act 1 through seven plus seven arc. i don't know man there's a lot there's a lot of homestuck yeah that is exactly why we we're talking about the homestuck fandom today <laughs> so uh this this week's very special guest is is our our good friend and sees fiance soph and the reason we have her on the show this week is because uh she is a longtime fan of homestuck and we are not <laughs> yeah i mean we're not that we're not fans <laughs> just we are less well acquainted than uh Soph. so we thought it'd be good to get uh you know, to get that fan's eye view, we wanted to get somebody who's more of an expert, because we're not. <laughs> a person who has read the entire thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole shebang. I mean, we it's not possible for us to have read all of the things for every fandom. That would be insane. Oh, goodness, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been possible for us to watch all of the Star Wars movies for Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe less possible on week's notice to read all of Homestead. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, um... A Herculean endeavor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it. In fact, you might even say that there are uh, over nine thousand pages. Would you say? I wouldn't. I w- it's not over nine thousand. It's over eight thousand. Thank you very much. Keep your memes out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and that's precisely why he did it. I may be the least well acquainted of Homestuck out of all of us, but I did find that out. <laughs> Cut memes off at the knees. Jeez Louise. <laughs> anyway, what I also found out, as you uh, alluded to, right off the top of the cold open there, Z, that fans of Homestuck are known as Homestucks, creating a very confusing situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't find that out until later on. And... I mean, I, I suppose meaning also people who are stuck at home, <laughs> metaphorically or spiritually. Mm-hmm. Hikikomoris. But uh, Homestucks yeah. are fans of Homestuck. Mm-hmm. 
uh, makes my head spin. I found something interesting related to Homestuck in, in my research. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as confused by the Homestuck bit, but uh, in a few places I just saw this dropped in the middle of nowhere without any context. And I was like, oh, that name sounds familiar. So uh, I saw the name Toby Radiation Fox dropped in the context of Homestuck. And I was like, that name sounds really familiar. Uh, I think I've seen it show up in Spotify. And I looked at my Spotify and it shows up related to Undertale because, unsurprisingly, uh, Toby Fox is the creator of Undertale. But before he did Undertale, he did the music primarily for Homestuck as a as a fan musician. So there's like a work, workmanship, like apprenticeship narrative, even though it's just like he kind of just made some music as a fan. Because it feels like, you know, like it's someone from Adventure Time who created Steven Universe, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one of the... Yeah, um, background designers or some such rebecca sugar mm-hmm. yeah yes that's the name so that it, it feels like there's a chain of like what did this person work on before oh geez <laughs> they're just mired in quality all the way through even though that he mostly just created the music as a fan mm-hmm. well i mean he created the music as a fan but one of the things that i found through my research was that a lot of the the music and the animations and, and the games and such in the comic are fan sourced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Hussey kind of brought on fans as part of the the Homestuck team, as it went. Also to note is um, for the fans of both Undertale and Homestuck, they'll recognize that there's one song in particular that's the same, Megalomania. Mm-hmm. Megalovania. Sorry, Megalovania. Um, should I say spoilers? Sure. I mean, go for it. It's, yeah. It's 7,000 pages. I would not <laughs> want to read through no, like 2,000 and then be like, oh. I meant for Undertale. Oh. Uh, give a heads up. Mm. Yeah, well, let's All say right, that um, there is a boss battle that has a song that shows up also on Homestuck. And it's called Megalovania. Hmm. <laughs> Just that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to be spoilery. Go play Undertale, you guys. Yeah. In mm. fact, <laughs> So if you listen to this podcast, you can't really listen to the music of Undertale at the same time, which is an important. But anyway, <laughs> well, you're right good. in that in that a lot of a lot of fans lent their skills to Homestuck. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it wasn't that Andrew Hussey was like, "Oh, I've you know seen all the stuff you do, and I want you to make music for it." Uh, Toby Fox is just a fan. I was like, "You can use my music if you like." Oh. Okay, I thought right. Like that's what I'm saying. He like by submitting as a fan, he wasn't hired. No. No, but I thought he might have been. He just he offered. I thought he might have been part of the secret music forum on uh, the MSPA forums. Oh, I'm sure he was. That's how a lot of the In the, the fan contributors got into it. Mm-hmm. The inner circle. Yeah. Um, an interesting <laughs> bit of trivia. Um, who here has seen the movie Hook with Robin Williams? Yes, I have. I have. So okay. have I. My hands raised. But... <laughs> <laughs> I see it in spirit. Um, do you remember the character Rufio? Yes. Okay. Um, Rufio is played by a gentleman by the name of Dante Bosco. And because his character Rufio actually shows up in Homestuck, someone recommended it to him, hey, you should read Homestuck. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, right, right. Finally gets around to it, and Andrew Hussey finds out about this. So for a while, at the top of the web page, in just little words, it says, hi, Dante. <laughs> and um, Dante Bosco also ended up getting uh, 
her name escapes me, she did the voice for Azula. And the two of them did like a sort of cold read of two of the characters, Karkat and um, Vriska. And everyone's like, Head Cannon accepted! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the thing about this podcast is always about getting to the why. The why of a fandom, why does the fandom exist beyond the regular, you know, I'm a fan of this, I like this thing, therefore I'm a fan of this, because that is not exciting. We want to try to get to the what is it that attracts fans, by and large, to Homestar fandom in this case. And I was wondering what the three of you uh, had noticed in either your research or your personal experiences. Well, um... The thing that became obvious to me is like there's a sense of ownership in the fandom of Homestuck because they had such a big part of creating it uh, in the in the earlier parts of it. Mm-hmm. He was literally asking fans for input. Yeah, you know about everything, and then would uh, would see that out in the comic. Mm-hmm. So it's like him interacting with the fans and co-creators to make one thing, and as such, it seems seems like the fandom as a whole is very possessive of it and does a lot of things with canon or taking stories in different directions mm-hmm. or taking one little piece of the story and expanding on that and being like, well, you know, like fans are responsible for a lot of what happened in the actual thing in the first place. Like that, like it, it, it feels like it has a fluid canon to it because the fans feel like don't feel like they're outside watching. They're, like, inside playing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely came across a lot of similar stuff in my research. Um, even just looking at all the varieties of, of fan works that are out there. Because there are spin-off comics. There are alternate universe comics. There are whole tumblers set up just to world-build those, alternate, those alternative universes. There's something ridiculous, like, 10 main albums and 18 side albums of fan music. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, even if fans are, aren't necessarily taking characters that they feel that they inspired or created or gave Hussey the idea for, they're taking parts of it that they really relate to and that they, that they really enjoy and trying you know, trying to make it their own, making it their own. There's a lot of, a lot of neat ownership stuff going on here, not the least of which is uh, happening in the fix Especially when you get to to pairings, OTP. I I saw a <laughs> fictitious chart. I forget which website it was on, but it was showing all of the characters and then on two axes. Yeah, and then it was using the in-universe because um, it has four quadrants of of love and relationships. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so it was showing like I don't know if it was supposed to be canonical or if it was just a fans one, and it showed all the different pairings and what their relationships fall into, like what quadrants they fall into. (laughs) Whether it be like the Ashen quadrant, which I think is like where two people hate each other, where they're like rivals. Hmm. Like there was one that was very apparent, which was romantic love, which was, I forget what his name, but it was, it was a heart because they're each following a a suit from the the deck of cards. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of pairings. <laughs> I think the best way to explain it, um, the two sides is like red and black, just like the suits. Um, the heart is romantic love. The diamond is friendship love, like 
the love you have between platonic a friend. Love. Yeah, platonic love. That's a <laughs> better way to put it. Um, the club was one where like you have a rivalry, but you have someone in between to sort of mediate things. And then the spade mm-hmm. is the one where it's just like you're at odds with this person. Like you love to hate him. Aside from something like Game of Thrones, I can't think of anything that would have as enough characters to make something like that very interesting. Well, and it's interesting because they bring it up in the cart- the comic as well that, like, I don't get the black side, say the human kids. Mm-hmm. Because to us, when we think love, we think of the positive side. But there's also the negative side. Like, so, there is something healthy with a rivalry sometimes. So this... Because you push yourself to be better. Like, you're yeah. always constantly trying to one-up each other. Yeah, but this, this four-quadrant chart is actually part of the canon it's from it's from the comic mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah uh, hussy kind of made a joke about it with um the the felt and how they had even more symbols but like he didn't mm-hmm. get into it because it was just a joke like they're not we're not getting into that we're not doing clovers and horseshoes and stuff just go away <laughs> i mean what more appealing concept is there to like a teen of a type of love that is hate <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, a teen of raging emotion. Yeah. <laughs> so in the in the research that I I did, that was kind of one thing that that I'm gonna come towards this and then back away from it for a second. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, was one of the things that they came across as part of the why, which was the story being something very relatable to its audience. Mm-hmm. Most uh, in the research that I did, I found that most of the people who are fans of Homestuck, who are the people creating the fan art tend to be people in their their teens to early 20-somethings. Not that there aren't fans outside of those categories, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the story appeals to that group because, um, you know, they're, the characters are of a similar age. Um, they're dealing with similar things in terms of, um, like, dealing with hormones and complications of love. And there are, like, recognizable types of characters. Mm-hmm. Um that there are, people can relate to. Many of the characters like things ironically or are fans of bad things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. John Egbert, the ma- the human his, protagonist. Well, he's the first his character. His room is just yeah. filled with posters for terrible movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those are all things that are that can be like really relatable, kind of like in a hipstery kind <laughs> of way. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's one of the whys. And then similarly, it's like, and this uh, I took from a, a article called A Noob's Guide to Homestuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this person tapped into an actual Tumblr fan and w- who said, uh, The story is really witty and complex. I think people like to talk about it so much because it feels like a victory to even get to the point where things are right now. It has over 6,000 pages and holy mer- <laughs> the beginning is the slowest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I think people just feel proud to stick with it for so long, you know? Not to mention that the plot is nonsensical, but amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, as a, if I were a, a younger person, if I was a teen, I might be like, oh, you just don't understand it. I worked through all these 6,000 pages and it's good because if it wasn't good, I would have stopped reading. I read Infinite Jess. You don't have to tell me about effort justification. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm, yeah. uh, I, I think that is potentially a draw. I, I don't know. Well, I, I stuck with Homestuck up until like the fifth act. And then it, I think there was either a pause or I was just like there was too much to read. So I stopped and never picked it up again. I'm not, I'm not sure that I would say something like the idea of effort justification where you do something that's recognized as really difficult and you kind of do it just to say you did it um, is why people it, like it, Homestuck. It, it, not, it's not, not the way. It's not why people like it. 
No, effort justification is you did it. Yeah. And you're like, well, if I put all this effort in, it must have been good. Right. Right. That's effort justification. Right. I mean, some people could see the length of it as a challenge. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I don't think effort justification is is why people start it, though. I think it's maybe what pulls them through. Oh, no. Yeah, if you're like, four, you know, 4,000 pages in. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, man. You're like, well, I made it this far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, uh, Soph, as the only person in this group who has actually read all of Homestuck, what is it about Homestuck that kind of drew you into it in the first place and then kept you going? Well, you kind of touched on it already about uh, relatability with mm. the scenarios and situations that they're in. And like one of the quotes that it's kind of seems um, like an offhand comment, but it really resonates with a lot of people. It's hard being a kid and growing up. It's hard and nobody understands. That's one of the quotes from the comic. And, like, it's been brought up a few times. Along with a couple of running gags. But, um... The thing, too, is it's not just the situations, it's the characters. Um, sure, if from an outside standpoint you look at the characters and think, Oh, well, that guy's a hipster, and oh, that girl's into fashion. Or, like, you can, you know, whittle them down to, like, one characteristic. But the thing is, is that, you know, you have a character who lives with someone who has a skewed sense of masculinity and grows up with that kind of toxicity. You have someone who grows up in an environment where, like, um, the Guardian or they themselves are an alcoholic. Like, you have stuff that, in the real world, happens in the comic. You have some <laughs> fantastical stuff, too, like a person living by herself on, like, a deserted island with no other human life and an omniscient dog, but, like... Um, there's that relatability with the characters and the situations that they're in. It, yeah, it sounds like it's real enough for people to relate to it, but not real enough to, to bum them out. Yeah. I know we try not to talk about the thing itself too much when we're doing this, mm -hmm. but I did find, I did come across one quote from Andrew Hussey himself that I found really interesting. And it was actually in an interview that he, he did with Brian Lee O'Malley creator of Scott Pilgrim ah, and good. other well-known comics. And uh, this statement is just a summary, Hussey's own summary of Homestuck. Uh, and it is that it's a story about kids on the internet that is told in a way that is like made of pure internet. Hence hmm. <laughs> the appeal. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the, all the, the references and the in-jokes... That happen on on other uh, other sites on the internet. Mm -hmm. Stuff like something awful. That sort of closed society. Mm -hmm. In the case of stuff like something mm -hmm. awful, you've got to pay to get on the forum. In the case of Homestuck, you've got to pour a lot of time and, and effort into getting through it. <laughs> yeah, and even stuff like the, um, like the chat logs, which... Oh, Already looking back on 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 this from two, 2017 seems dated, <laughs> you know, because it kind of looks like AIM. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that, like that's how we talked all the time back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was cool to see like people talking with some personality. Yeah. Yeah. On messenger services, as you once did, and not like bro texting. <laughs> it's what the fandom you know, like, calls yeah, the... like yeah, okay. They're typing quirk. 
Yeah. yeah. So like one person capitalizes the first letter of every word. One character does not use capitalization at all. One character um, uses way too many exclamation points. One person uses the numbers one, three, and four in lieu of I, E, and A. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was everybody's typing quirk? Proper capitalism <laughs> and capitalization at the beginning took, of the sentence, you, but then you, after that, it's like you Meh. took mine. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Speaking only in lowercase when I'm unhappy. Punctuation, <laughs> <laughs> so, meh. It's the end of the sentence. You know, I'm done. I've hit enter. Whatever. <laughs> thing is slightly sad. I'll punctuate uh, in the middle of the paragraph, but if it's like the last sentence, there's no need for for a period. I'd usually punctuate the end. Actually, a little off topic, but there was an interesting uh, article about how, like, <laughs> actually putting a period at the end of a message on, like, a text or instant messaging actually seems terse. Instead of just, I know, right? Without, like, if it's... you were to put an exclamation mark, it's like, yeah. If you just leave it, it's like, whatever. But if you put a period, it's like, oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ludicrous. It's come, yeah, it's come to that, mean something. That it does. <laughs> it's come to it's mean glad something. glad people are so. putting our are putting fewer ellipses at the end of everything they say. That's good. There's one long sentence. <laughs> Mumblies. <laughs> Point is, Homestuck speaks the language of the youth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, like, I I was going to mention that I found a, a an excerpt from an article. It was a good article on the, the Daily Dot uh, called Inside the Strange Brave New World of Homestuck. Which wasn't a particularly long read, so if you get the chance, you should check it out. Uh, but it kind of got down to that in a way that maybe we we didn't. Or maybe it's just reiterating those facts. Um, and so it goes, For Trent, Homestuck is the voice of his generation. He relates to the comic more than any other form of media he's ever been exposed to. It's a good comic because it's a good representation of the way our generation works. How everything's based on the internet, the way all the characters communicate with each other through a text-based program instead of talking, the same way that people don't hang out as much in person. Hmm. There's a lot of references to thing in pop culture in the past 10 years, so we can relate to it a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of mentioned that with like the, the lack of bro speak, but <laughs> uh, just like a slightly different take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like the, you know, the, the, the text... It's not text, like messaging back and forth is not perfunctory. It's no. like, it's the characters, it's dialogue, it's the personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to bring up Marshall McLuhan again, but Ooh. Uh, the medium is the message. <laughs> oh, man. And this is a webcomic. Oh, man. And it's un- it was uniquely a story that only could have been told in the way that it was told. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other way that you could tell, you could create a comic that also has animations and sections that are little RPGs mm. and all sorts of other things. With secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trickster mode, for yes. example. <laughs> what? Ah! Oh. oh, that reminds me. From that same article, I found, I found a sentence that summarizes the dizzying scope of Homestuck. Oh, oh. yes. Describing someone dressed as a character. Okay. She's dressed as Trickster Jane, one of the many alternate personas of the four main characters of the comic second iteration. How many branching paths are in that sentence? Mm. 
without getting into too much detail, when I was watching a recap of, of um, Homestuck, because I wanted to try to re- see where things went, uh, it got a little bit too complicated because I learned, and I will provide no detail because I have no detail because I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, that like the combination of like retconning and time travel and creating new universes just seems like a dizzying amount of yeah branching mm-hmm. yeah. in the canonical story yeah yeah well i mean at at one point probably the biggest spoiler i oh and dream worlds i yeah. forgot about that let's add that too sure <laughs> yep yeah but probably the biggest spoiler that i came across in my research that uh eh, you know whatever i feel like spoiler big spoilers for homestuck don't really matter because it's all about the small strokes but um but they're coming <laughs> <laughs> one of the characters actually gets the power to retcon things so as soon as i read that yeah i i, I just read the summary i never even touched homestuck before i just read the summary to kind of get get a feel for the story yeah and as soon as i read that i, I just put my head in my hands <laughs> i'm like it might as well have been all a dream yeah. if a character in the story can retcon things <laughs> in the same story I mean, it's like a dead Deadpool move, right? Yeah, yeah. We all know how well that movie did. <laughs> or the really weird horror movie, Funny Games. Oh man. Ooh. Yeah. I think the point that it was was it Yuji that was making that was that like it's only yeah the medium is the message mm-hmm. and I I think like the internet having like the first true hypertext story. Like a transmedia story is like it's the only way it could have been told. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, every every sort of release that may appear that's related to Homestuck, like there's word, there's word of a game or something. Yeah. The hive, I'm sure there are either books or plans on books for like some aspect, whether it's the telling, uh, whether it's like you know Andrew Hussey's perspective or yeah, or just a fan ode or something Mm -hmm. all of those things that are released can only address or be part of a facet of homestuck yeah because you can't have animated pictures in a book (laughs) not yet anyway not a cheap book you could just dedicate you know a couple a couple corners have an ipad in the middle of the book oh to do like a flip book yeah you could do a flip book all right here's a 30 page (laughs) book you got one second of animation Well, okay. When I was when I as part of my research, I uh, I I caught wind of those MSPA forums, and then I very quickly learned that they've been down since uh, some point in 2016, I think, over the summer, and they've not yet come back up. So I learned that a bunch of fans recreated the the MS Paint Adventure forums at something called Omega Update Forum. So I was poking around there a little bit, and. Uh, what I found was basically, it seems like people, at least people posting on the forum anyway, were really into Homestuck because of the complexity of it. Like, there were a lot of discussions mm. about the mechanics of the game that the whole story takes place in. Mm-hmm. There were discussions about the different characters and, like, uh, Troll Society's aspects and how they reproduce and, like, their whole genderless society thing. And um, it, it just seemed like complexity is a huge part of the draw to Homestuck because it's just one of those things where 
there's so much to it, you can kind of pull whatever is the most important to you out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot to get lost in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, not only is it complex, it's also vast. There's just lots of it, like lots of world mm-hmm. and characters and something. So like, you can. Like, it's very difficult to get tired of. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many ways to approach it and so many things to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the only way you would get tired of it is because you're exhausted by how exhaustive it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. People love it so much that they end up making their own stories where there are alternate universes, paradox space, and uh fanimous paint adventures where they will have things set up the same way that the original is but have a different story like heinous stuck for example or you know stuff like that guardian stuck where instead of the kids it's the icons parents no not the parents avatars Eh. avatars i i guess because one is the cat one is the dog (laughs) One is the, oh. the clown thing, and then the other one is a little cow. <laughs> yeah. Now, so if, do you know? All I can, all I have is the word. All I have is the word in front of me. Word. Do you know anything about mollusk stuck? Mollusk stuck. <laughs> mollusk stuck. <laughs> I can only imagine. Maybe it's something like dinosaur comics where they just take the same picture of a mollusk and put <laughs> dialogue over it. Oh boy. That would take forever. That's, that's, that's gold waiting to be mined right there. Oh boy. <laughs> mollusk comics. <laughs> oh boy. Like a shrimp and a mussel. <laughs> I've heard of aquarium stuff. Does that count? Maybe Mollusk Stuck is Almost. a, is a spin off of Aquarium Stuck. Well, like. It's like Saltwater Aquarium Stuck. Like some of the characters work at an aquarium and some of the characters are the creatures in the aquarium. <laughs> like mermaids and manatees and stuff like that. It's actually super cute. Wow. I have ethical issues about a mermaid being in an aquarium. Jeez. <laughs> 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 <Anyway. clears throat> Sorry, I was uh, conducting a proud tradition on this podcast of doing research on the air. <laughs> Could not find Mollusk Stuck. That is a dang shame. <laughs> is it? Somebody get um, on that. <laughs> Once you mention it, it exists. <laughs> Actually, we won't know if it's a shame unless we find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the best thing I've ever read. In my research, I found a lot of interesting interactions between homestuckers mm. and uh, other fandoms. And I was wondering if uh, any of you had come across similar things. I found that there was a beef between Homestucks and fans of Hitalia. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find out why. Oh, I saw a really and... funny comic. Um, one of the things that people will do is they will take a fandom and personify it as a person and introduce them like they would a character in Homestuck. So, for example, <laughs> you are Hitalia, and they'll describe you in whatever, like, the fandom, like, on a whole. Yeah. Or the anime itself. And then have that as a character. So there was a comic where both Hitalia and Homestuck were on hiatus. It's like, wait a minute, if I'm not driving the fan bus, and you're not driving the fan bus, who the heck is driving the fan bus? And then it shows the characters from Attack on Titan. It's like, how do you drive this thing? 
<laughs> oh man. So, do you know anything about that whole beef between Homestuck fans and and Hitalia fans, Soph? Not really. Yeah. It was a total mystery for me too. You found it? Oh, I I came across mention of it, but yeah. As to the why, Homestuck fans are too ironic and Hitalia fans are too earnest. Mm. I feel like it's oh. one of those things where, like, uh, you know, insert thing is ruined because of fandom. And, like, you know, the year before that, it was a different fandom. And the year before that, it was a different fandom. Like, there's always going to be somebody complaining about some fandom ruining something. But, like, basically it boils down to a uh, different thing I don't like is ruining everything. So maybe that's what it is. Because Italia yeah, was the biggest so... thing, and then Homestuck kind of, like, usurped their authority or something? I don't know. Yeah, with a little bit less speculation, but not significantly less speculation. Unfortunately, during my research, I found a lot of um, bad press, I guess, about Homestuck. Mm -hmm. Namely, about the fandom. And so I'm not going to talk about that too much on the show. But in an article called, How Did Homestuck Get a Bad Rap? One thing that was mentioned was uh, they described, in their own terms... Um, they described Homestuck as a cosplague, <laughs> as in one of. I, th I think they had the word first. Yeah, uh, as in like a, a type of cosplay that's overdone or done too much. To which I respond, "Too bad, deal with it." Yeah, too um, much for what? There's a lot. Sorry, of... for that person, it was it was very judgy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of potential Homestuck cosplay to be done. So, yeah, like where if you read through the article, which will be in the show notes, but. Um, it described kind of this attitude that like fans are supposed to behave in a certain way and it wasn't particularly prescriptive just that there's like a growing attitude that people just don't like Homestuck fans whatever not important mm. with regards to the Hitalia um, you know uh, dislike I think it has to do with a similar situation with Hitalia where all of a sudden Hitalia sprung up into prominence and you know it, Homestuck was just the next iteration of that mm -hmm. And it was just like, yeah. So people felt that Homestuck sort of, as Soph was saying, usurped Italia as the fandom? As as a prominent fa fandom that had kind of like exploded in popularity. Like, yeah. you know how when you go to, say, an anime convention and they'll have a photo shoot where a bunch of people who yeah. are dressed up as characters from a specific anime get together and they get one great big group photo? Yeah. Whenever they do the one for Homestuck, they have to like do a panorama because there's <laughs> so many people. And I think that's what people are complaining about, that it's oversaturating stuff. And another complaint, too, is that, you know, some of the characters have gray skin. So, mm -hmm. well, how do you cosplay that? And it was one of those things that, like, there were no tutorials at the time. How do you make your skin gray? So people were just, you know, smearing gray makeup on their arms. But then that meant that if they came into contact with someone else's costume, they would smear gray all over everything. And so it became one, like, it almost became a rule that, like, you can't have body paint or whatever. So people, you know, through trial and error, basically came up with alternatives, like gray nylons over your arms or to have, like, um, concealer and, you know, stuff like that to make it so that it doesn't smear off of your skin onto other stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's thanks to the fandom itself for actually putting in the effort to figure these sort of things out so that they can go to cons and, you know, not be a problem. Yeah. I mean, once Homestuck took off, the problem of how to make yourself look gray was going to be solved very, very quickly. 
<laughs> and shared just as quickly. Yep. Unrelated to Hitalia, but related to like cons. One of the things that I found that was interesting about Homestuck fandom um, is this idea of other fandoms being particularly insular, and they're not. But this this idea of overlapping. There was this article called "When Fandoms Collide: The Present and Future of Anime Cons." Um, which was on the Daily Dot as well. It talked about this example of Anime Boston, which is a convention in Boston, one of the largest long-running anime conventions on the East Coast, and talking about the challenges it's had to try to constrain things that happen at the con to being anime-related. And then Mm. Homestuck happened, and it's just like, well, now what? Um, Like, there's this quote from the article, which I find interesting, if particularly maybe a little bit inflammatory. It says, Homestuck is to other fandoms what Melville's Bartleby is to his co-workers, a homeless inscrutability who belongs nowhere and yet refuses to leave. Homestuck, adept at uniting numerous genres into one epic hybrid format, fits into none of these genres entirely. It doesn't belong at an anime con or a comic con, necessarily, yet go to any of these and you'll find swarms of Homestuck cosplayers painting the hallways gray. (laughs) Since it started showing up, Homestuck has made an indelible impression on convention culture as omnipresent in cosplay as it is absent from actual convention schedules. Um, There's another quote slightly later on that says, uh, Everybody's culture is becoming everybody else's culture, he told me. That's just a factor of new technologies. You'll see similarities between yaoi fangirls and slash fiction writers, but there's definitely signifiers, different storytelling structures, different keywords that yaoi fangirls will use that slash fans won't. If you watch Supernatural, the show, it's a lot different from Supernatural, the anime. What's special about anime is that it does not retain a single cultural influence, and that because it doesn't come from everywhere, it comes from Japan. Sorry, but that was just like talking about how you have this like spread of different cultural things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, people go to an anime con, it's, it's not going to be just anime, it's going to be the things that people who like anime like. Yeah. Like everybody brings their stuff with them. For the most part, it doesn't ever seem to be a problem. Well, I mean, not just with the cosplayers, even the vendors. They don't sell exclusively Japanese stuff. They'll sell (laughs) stuff from American cartoons. Stuff that's super popular, like Steven Universe, or Regular Show, or Adventure Time, or even The Simpsons. They sell what people will buy. Exactly. And that all came up in the the article. But it was interesting because they used Homestuck as this example of convergence where... Like, Homestuck doesn't fit into its own genre very well, but obviously people who are fans of things like anime or comics or whatever, or webcomics, will inevitably, you'll find people who are fans of Homestuck, Mm -hmm. but there's no home for that. They created their own home, their own genre. Yeah, and that's, it sounds like that's what the the problem is for some people. One thing I thought was interesting, in an article Mm -hmm. called Homestuck Fans Prepare for Webcomic Release, this was in October 2011. Uh, waiting for the next update. Yep. And they were just kind of giving a snapshot of what Homestuck was at the time. And they interviewed one one guy who said, it requires that certain kind of anime interest. Hmm. Not everybody would enjoy it, but those who do will think it's very cool. <laughs> and I've never heard the term anime interest before. Maybe they were thinking otaku? Mm. I guess I guess they just need, like niche. Or like that people who like anime will like it. Yeah. The thing that it reminded me the most of in like in the way people talked about it is Adventure Time. Because mm-hmm. Adventure Time also started off kind of slow. 
Because I'm sure everyone who's listening, if you didn't start at the beginning with Adventure Time, have had somebody be like, oh man, you gotta watch Adventure Time. It's the uh, it's the greatest cartoon ever made. It's so creative, and the story is amazing, and I can't wait. T, you might have experienced some of this from some people. <laughs> um, uh, not not uniquely the bunch of you. <laughs> good to know. Good to know we're not unique. <laughs> nope, not um, in the slightest. <laughs> but and then you watch it, and it starts off as kind of like a playground, like the world of Ooh. Is just a place for Finn and Jake to have fun adventures. Yeah. Which is why it's called Adventure Time and not something more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but a plot begins to develop. Yeah. Like the, we, the gears start turning, you know, and like Penn Ward and all the uh, all the crew there. And they're like, they're like, a, they're like a climax is being built towards in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it snuck up on you because it was just like a bunch of fun little stuff for a while. And that's what this seems like to me. I remember reading an article that uh, summarized... Adventure Time as, you know how when you're in a kid and you're playing a game and you make it believe and it's like, okay, now the floor is lava and we have to climb the tree and in the tree you're like, you know, bat monkeys and like you just make stuff up as you go along. That's kind of the sort of frenetic kind of fun that you get from Adventure Time because it just seems like some random stuff happens for mm-hmm. no reason and that's just how it goes. But like you said, it's starting to actually have a continuity like... If you were to jump into the latest season now, you'd be like, wait, 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 whoa, what? what happened? What's going on? Yeah, Homestuck seems really similar to that because, I mean, apparently aside from the start of Act 5, if you started anywhere else down the way, you would just be totally lost. Completely lost. Oh my god. Yeah, there's so much. There's so... <laughs> wait, wait, Beta? Alpha? Wait, what? Nah. What? Excuse me? Oh man. And that's what became interesting about how... Because he was... He was taking... I started reading this thing. Okay. And I've read, I don't know, like probably the first 50 to 100 pages. Just like the beginning of the story. Yep. And I'm like, why is he not just doing what is obviously the next thing to do? And then I realized it was because it was people tell it, like the fans (laughs) saying, do this next. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at first. That's how it was. At first. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten out of that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, well and there's yeah. there's a lot of holdovers from Problem Sleuth as well. It's just like <laughs> use the key. It's like what do you mean you don't have a key? Because what he's holding in his yeah, hand is pe- a gun instead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and people just saying stupid stuff. Attach arms. To, to to mess with it. Yeah. It's like what are you talking about? <laughs> put arm. Put the arms in the cake. Yeah. I'm like, so why isn't he just? And then I realized what was happening, mm-hmm. and it made it made a lot more sense. <laughs> and then I feel like. Because I'm like, he's doing a lot of stuff in between the stuff that seems important. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, yeah. Um, I, but then... Man, I also sorry. am not entirely sure what anime interest means. <laughs> but I feel like if you if you read the beginning of Homestuck and enjoy it, you are probably... Like, I know that I'm just repeating the guy, but you would probably enjoy anime because it seems to have that same sort of frenetic completely different from what you would expect kind of nature to it that you know other cultures have uh, compared to North American culture especially Japanese culture if I may give an example sure kill the kill yeah you watch the first episode it's like wait whoa what's going on with this I kind of want to see the next episode to see where this goes mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happens group. it's like where is this going I kind of want to see what's like it's a train wreck you don't want to stare you can't look away like you mean the greatest anime of all time, Kill Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I was going to say, actually, 
what I knew, not not by 2009, not by the time Homestuck actually started up, but what I knew anime for when I started to get into anime in the early 2000s mm-hmm. was that it was serialized as opposed to most shows, which were not. Mm-hmm. Most, most Western shows were not one continuing story. No. Whereas anime, the anime that I saw was Sailor Moon was, Dragon Ball Z was. Well, yeah. Um, and that's what I identified with anime early on. And this started as like a very goofy, another one of Emma's Paint Adventures was like, ah, oh, it's a silly story. But then at a certain point, I noticed he stopped taking fan input. Yeah. Likely because the fandom had grown too big to be able to like make, make taking input mean anything anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, hundreds of people are telling me to do this and people are telling me to do that. So like. It's like watching Screw that. play but like, Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but on the other hand, you see like, ah, oh, you know, the triumph of the of the story, of the arc, of the of the creator. Because mm-hmm. it felt like like from having to go through everyone, he sees a direction forward. He knows the direction forward. And fans are like, put the arms in the cake. And he's like, okay. <laughs> But, like, the wheels started turning and turning to the point where it's like, I need to just tell the story that I have in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it became, went from, like, being crowdsourced to being, like, like the single visionary in control. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a really good quote from an article that I didn't read, but it was referenced from some article I did read. And it was uh, asking the creator if... Um, it's like, did you ever have any doubt about, like, having control of the story? And it's like, no, I, I I, had control of the story the whole time, but I never had any impression that I had control over, like, the universe <laughs> that I'd created. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those are, those are the hallmarks just... of when you know you've gotten a good story and good characters. When they start to take <laughs> a life on their own, it's like, wait, I didn't think he would do... Oh, okay, if, you're going to do that, sure. If you're, yeah, if you're writing alone in, in a room, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it, like, it sounds like to me, Hussey meant more along the, something along the lines of, like, the audience was taking it and running with it, mm. in a in a major way. See, imagine getting fan feedback for every page of a book that you write. Yeah. <sighs> Can you imagine? God, hardly. <laughs> Unless I started to post up a page at a time. Man, why did you put a comma here? Does that mean something? <laughs> <laughs> the curtains are blue because it represents his depression and it's like the curtains are just blue guys there's no symbolism there we're just blue I like blue okay new criticism woo <laughs> boy oh we're talking about new criticism are we yes. no, no no we're not I'm gonna crack open my <laughs> new criticism <laughs> well, if I haven't critiqued Death it before the authors, uh, what was the term anime inspired anime Anime tastes. Anime. Anime interest. Anime interest. I wonder if it has anything to do with um, being an otaku, where mm. like you you've latched onto a fandom and like you are in that fandom and like it doesn't matter if you don't need another pencil case with Pikachu on it. You get that <laughs> pencil case because it's got Pikachu Just on like, it. Like like, like that you, obsessiveness fan... where like you have mm. to have it all. That's when you fan, you fan hard. Yeah. yeah. But that's like the extreme yeah. side of things for the fandom. That's the otaku side. I wonder if maybe I that's mean, what they were getting at. But I like, that's the wrong use of the term, I feel. 
Maybe. I could see that, though, because, I mean, there's enough detail, even early on, that, you know, you could very easily become obsessed with even the first act of Homestuck. <laughs> I remember I remember when I was reading it uh, for the first time, I never I never got that far, only, only up to act two. <laughs> but uh, I remember coming across when... Um, when John was like making stuff, oh, with, with the grist, yeah, with the grist, that seemed really complex. Even mm-hmm. though it was just being, you know, done frame by frame, page by page, and I had no control, it seemed like it could have been a really in-depth way of making something. Well, how are they using um, basic programming like and and or and yeah, there's XOR and that kind of stuff to create new things? Yeah. Um, actually, there are two characters that show way later on where they're basically a parody of the fandom, like two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Um, one side is the one that makes beautiful art and reads too much into everything and theorizes over every tiny little niggling detail. And the other side is the one, oh, there's too much reading. I just get to the part with the hot <laughs> chicks. Like, ah. but like. Those are the two different sides of the fandom, the ones that, like, genuinely love it and, like, create good stuff and, like, read too much into it, and the other side that, you know, complains about, oh, there's too much reading. And, like, they seem really abrasive and a jerk, but, like, they're both aspects to any fandom, really. And, like, the fact that he created a character that basically parodies the fandom itself, I thought was actually kind of cute. Very meta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love meta. (laughs) (laughs) Like Homestuck is a thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I know that it get, continues to get better, I have a long way to just get back into <laughs> it. Well, let me let me use this as a segue. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, How fast can your segue go? <laughs> not that fast. It's a segue. Oh. <laughs> um, T. Yup. Will you? Will you read it through? And does the fact that it is concluded make it more appealing or achievable? I mean, the fact that it's concluded doesn't doesn't change anything to me. The fact, like, that... Uh, what matters to me is that I know that it's going somewhere because the problem with it is, in its grand scope, there were different threads that led all over the place, and I was like, okay... I think when I stopped reading at the time, I was just like, this is cool, but I really don't understand how anything ties together. I can see bits and pieces that have come together. Like, I can see this main plotline, but I'm, like, really, really confused. I've forgotten so much. Don't watch Lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like reading a webcomic that updates once a week, but that wasn't Homestuck. But then you have a hard time, oh, how did we get here? It's like, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah. That being said, I will probably go back and try to start reading it again. I think it should be easy because it was a series of like pages that were like huge text updates, five or six or seven pages in a row. Oh my gosh. Oh, where Hussey does so... like, a, un, like a summary of what just happened so far and it's just like, wallow text. No, it wasn't even a summary. It was like a pre-summary. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. It was, I'll, I'll probably go back and read some more Homestuck. See it to its end. Very cool. What about you, G? Since you haven't really read much of it, would you slog through the whole thing? Well, it remains to be seen. I mean, I started reading it for this, and I'm enjoying it. I'll probably continue to it. Um, I don't know if my usual amount of momentum will carry me through to the end. Hmm. 
but I might keep virtual, you know, bookmark on where I am. Unlike T, for me, the fact that it is concluded is more appealing. I waited until Lost was over to start watching it. Hmm. Not to hear what people said, but just so I knew how much there was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I have a good, I- good idea in my head of how long it will take. Yeah. yeah. And the nice thing um, about um, um, Homestuck 2 is that the website actually does let you save your place. <laughs> so it's like, where was I last? Oh, yeah. You don't have to like... I mean, that's... That's... You know, a very nice courtesy considering the, the breadth of the thing. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued. It's already feels a little nostalgic. <laughs> like like, you know, the way the the way the computer's set up and uh and the characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both for being younger and what it was like when it was younger. Mm-hmm. Um what about you, Z? You gonna you cross the bridge? <laughs> You're gonna start again? Oh, I I don't think I'll start again. I feel like I kind of started it twice and I made it about mm-hmm. three quarters through the first act the first time. And then I started again and made it through the, the whole first act. Um, I, even though I've read summaries and know, you know, the broad strokes of the story and this happens and that happens and this character and that character. Spoilers. Exactly. Um, I still do plan to, to read it uh, over many, many months. <laughs> <laughs> to read it fairly slowly. Yeah. Um, but uh, thinking about that actually did make me realize that I don't think it would have been nearly as popular if uh, Hussey hadn't updated as often as he did. Mm. If he kept like... Was a, it like every day or something? Sometimes several... More sometimes, or less. Yeah, sometimes a few times a day. Because it wouldn't just be oh, a wow. single page yeah. or like a single strip like a lot of comics would do. It would be a chunk of them. Because it'll just be like a single panel, you hit next, another single panel, you hit next, another single panel, a little bit of Like, So there'd be a chunk at a time instead Mm -hmm. of just like one thing. And then usually if there was a hiatus, it was because it was going to be a big video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Soph, would you you reread Homestuck? Well, ever since the retcon thing, it's like, hmm. Now that I know where things are going and I know like the characters better and that they did do that kind of junk i want to see if i can pick up on those little things do you think there's actually Mm. continuity throughout it like like did he actually go back to old panels and stick stuff in either that either that or he actually had the whole thing written out and was putting little little clues early on oh no 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 no, for sure he retconned. Like, there's no, like, the stuff that happens later on where the character gets the retcon thing. Like, no, no. That's, yeah. <laughs> People actually went back to, like, because they recognized the panels during that whole stint. It's like, oh, so they went back to those particular parts of the story. It's like, hey, what do you know? He did retcon it. There is that thing there now. Huh. Just sounds more and more like Wait, Lost. Wait, <laughs> hold on. So you're saying. If I understood correctly, like not even just an in-universe retconning, like if you go back and read the story now, it is fundamentally a different experience. Slightly, what? but like, like if you've like, never read the story before, you wouldn't even notice what those were. Yeah, because they're kind I, of just off to the side, and it's like, oh. Well, I get the impression is that, that important. I like, get the impression that, like, for example, totally hypothetical example, in say Act Six, mm-hmm. um, somebody mentions a butterfly flying around john's head at the beginning of the, of the story so then he went back and he drew a butterfly flying around john's head just like little tiny details mm, not quite no mm, no spoilers 
Oh, oh, you should read it <laughs> and then and then read it again and find out. <laughs> but it is a different experience like because there was a huge um hiatus the pauses well because sometimes the pauses weren't that long but then sometimes the pauses took months or a year or a year so during that time it's like well there's no new homestuck and i decided to go back from the beginning and read through it again it's like you notice stuff that you didn't notice the first time through so now that they do have this retcon thing, I wonder if I'd notice something new still. So yeah, I probably would. Okay then. All right. Sounds like a big thumbs up on Homestuck. Mm-hmm. If you have not read, watched, listened to Homestuck, you should do that. Experience <laughs> mm-hmm. it with all of your senses. Oh yeah, and yes. one of the sort of running gags that uh, a lot of people, usually outside the fandom, it's like it's called Homestuck, and yet they're not stuck in their home. <laughs> Even the one that's like chained to the wall isn't technically stuck in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> Z, was it you that had a fan of the week? Yes. In fact, I have two fans of the week this week. So the first one comes from Twitter user Chell, who says, The Homestuck fandom is like a big family. That's why I love it so much. Oh, that is short. Yeah, exactly. Like families, they fight, they make up, they fight, they make up, you know? All the conflicts in the, the Homestuck family, amongst the Homestucks. Just big family, perhaps. It sounds like however you feel towards <laughs> your your kin Ooh. In, in the Homestuck fandom, there is a way to express it via the that the, the system of love. That's true. In Homestuck. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Talk about meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, the other one, other fan of the week that I came across, uh, is from a Mister Dante Bosco, the aforementioned. Exactly. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from this blog entry that he wrote about um, kind of his attempt to explain what Homestuck is all about, and also to explain a uh, a fan video that he and another voice actress i think probably the voice actress who does azula mm-hmm. um made where they're both in cosplay and they're both just like geeking out over homestuck <laughs> um anyway the extract from this this blog entry reads thusly i love the webcomic but also through my travels i just fell in love with the scene the homestucks themselves it's cool to see kids and all kinds of people into something and find a common ground this webcomic, and find this unique way to communicate and hang out and get inspired and be massively creative. And the fact that it's so unknown to the world at large makes it this cool subculture, not unlike punk rockers in the early days, or even hip-hop kids in my generation. The fact that you know something other people don't know, and even though it might be looked down upon by others as something nerdy or geeky, that actually makes it cooler. I write this for the Homestucks, but not just for the Homestucks of which I am proud to call myself one. But I write this blog to all the subcultures who found their friends and the people like them in these super niche worlds. Neat. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's touching on another aspect that draws people in that we kind of grazed a little bit. The whole secret society. Yeah, Dante society. Bosco. Yes, Dante Bosco. Secret societies <laughs> to Illuminati. So many facets. <laughs> 360 no-scope? <laughs> Uh, do 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 do. 
Air. We do have an air horn sound effect, right? That's in the budget. Uh, <laughs> air. I, I can make it. Not so. an not not an entire air horn, certainly, but we can probably find <laughs> just a little beep. <clears throat> find an air horn. Maybe just the canister. <laughs> I found uh, another interesting story from a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was describing Homestuck fandom, uh, so I thought it was pretty on the nose from a Tumblr called "The Bright Side of Homestuck Fandom," which counters some other awful anti-Homestuck tumblr i found but you know what who cares because we're not gonna talk about mm-hmm. that <laughs> uh entitled guys i just realized why the homestuck fandom is so powerful mm-hmm. and so there's like six or seven reblogs or whatever but i'm just gonna read the first one because it's it's the most poignant okay from a user night shadow 12 it's because the webcomic called homestuck doesn't just appeal to the everyday person it doesn't attract the excited little kids like spider-man does or pull in the everyday middle-aged geek but it does pull in a specific type of person. This fandom is compromised of all of the creators, imaginators, and manipulators of the world. The artists, the writers, the musicians, all of them are amazed and inspired by the creativity behind Homestuck. Even if they aren't artists or writers or creators, they are those people who dye their hair blue and discuss Armageddon theories for fun, <laughs> and who made the sun blue and colored the grass red while they were little. <laughs> all of those people who think outside of the box and color outside of the lines, and are proud of, or at least comfortable with, their strangeness. It's why Tumblr is nearly crashed with fan responses and artwork and stories every time Hussey makes an especially good update, which is plenty of time. It's why the last Homestuck album had 51 fan songs on it, with artwork to go with every one. This fandom so powerful in ways that so many other fandoms aren't. Spider-Man doesn't inspire people to create their own music to go with the scenes. No one wanted to make an anime out of the Harry Potter series just for fun. Neither Sherlock Holmes nor Naruto nor any of the recent Marvel superhero movies have inspired this much creativity or created this much attachment in their fans. But the Homestuck fans aren't all just randomness and weirdness like a lot of people believe them to be. They can actually be very intelligent. The theories of the time travel paths and alternate universes behind Homestuck that the fandom has among themselves can be quite explicit and complicated. Discussions over the certain behaviors of this character and the quirks of that one can delve into certain specifics that many regular comic fans would not even bother with. People create alternate versions of Homestuck characters while trying to keep them as realistic as possible. Crazy, random discussions taken up for fun can evolve into highly debated ideals within the fandom. This fandom is home to so many creative and talented people that it is borderline ridiculous, but we would have it no other way. So thank you to all of the powerful, weird, creative, random, talented, and inspirational people who contribute to the Homestuck fandom. We love having you around, nearly crashing servers, and defending the overzealous ones. We would have it no other way. That's sweet. Yeah, I thought so. There was a bunch of additional content, but you can read that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, it does attract people from, from lots of different stripes in, in terms of creativity. Mm-hmm. Because it incorporates so many aspects of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. People create music, they create fix, they create cosplay. Apparently before you could buy the horns, making your own was like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, a complex fandom for a complex piece of internet history the internet's ulysses yeah i would say so (laughs) see the show notes for an article on that (laughs) 
now we have a spotlight. Yes. Yes. So I was going to spotlight something uh, Homestuck related, and then I realized there's a lot of Homestuck stuff, so I couldn't really narrow it down. So instead, uh, I'm going to put shine the spotlight on something completely different. That's right, we're doing it Monty Python style this week. Hey. So as uh, as I was reading this article called "One Guy Is Making His Own Street Fighter Movie," uh, <laughs> I was made aware of this of this what? part. I was made aware of this one person, Paul Otaking Johnson, uh, who you can check out their Patreon at patreon.com slash O-T-A-K-I-N-G 77077. And anyway, it linked to this really amazing work in progress animation of uh, M. Bison. And it's just Mm -hmm. like really detailed animation. This person has also created an animation for, uh, it looks like Gradius. And it's just like this really impressive animation done by one person. Oh, dang. And so if you want to check out that person's work, check check out their Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash OtaKing77077. And, uh, you know, if you like their work, you can do that Patreon stuff that, that we talk about sometimes. The what? Why, the Patreon stuff that we sometimes talk about. Located at Patreon.com slash TheNixCast? Yes, if you really enjoyed listening to this podcast and seeing some of the other stuff we do, like Phanthropological Arcade, or listening to our previous podcast, or any of our convention stuff, or anything that we do, you can go to patreon.com slash the next cast, and you can become a patron of our work. What does that mean? That means that every month, you give us a little bit of your hard-earned money to help us out. We don't we don't ask for a lot, just a little bit to help us along. And that goes towards all sorts of new content creation. We have it all spelled out in our, our goals and additional details on patreon.com slash the next cast. So you can and should check that out. Very well should. You can also check us out on iTunes if you want a nice easy way to download and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, perhaps leave us a rating and uh, let us know why you liked slash hated our podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check us out at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at the next cast. Yep. Also... You can listen to this podcast at fanthropological.com. That's right. And you can also just plain old send us an email, nickthedixcast.com, for all your feedback. Yep. We do not have pester chum. Sorry, Homestuck fans. <laughs> Nor do we have AIM, MSN, Yahoo. Well, I mean, I isn't Skype. that because they don't Pigeon. exist anymore? I, th- I think they do. St- I think Yahoo still exists, but yeah. I, I barely ever used it. ICQ, I'm yeah. pretty sure, is gone. MSN is gone. Like... They're going the way of the dinosaur, dude. Why would you get ri- Why would you get rid of a chat client that identifies you with a very long number? <laughs> ICQ still exists. Oh, it does. Oh, okay. Why? Does it still go? Uh oh. <laughs> Sounds like a future episode to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going right. on itself. So, is there anything that you would like to plug? Oh, that's a good point. Well, sure. Um, I do dabble in the odd bit of art. You can uh, find my stuff at. Sofacushion.deventart.com. That's S O F A dash C U S H I O N. You need to have the dash. Same thing for Tumblr. If there's no dash, you're in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Hello, everyone, and on on next week's episode, uh, if you look over here, You're going to see a bunch of people making a podcast. 
And if you look over here, they're going to be doing a podcast on fantasy football. And if you notice that when the person over there goes over there, that's where you're going to get a fantasy football episode next week. I mean, like, well, this is getting way off topic here. <laughs> Flipsies are overused. Mm. Done. This is the episode where Z makes work for himself. <laughs> and everybody if else. If you have too many ellipses and <laughs> email them to Z at the next cast. Z will edit your chat logs to correct uh, <laughs> punctuation and grammar. Friend, do you have too many ellipses in your text? You know what we need? <laughs> what we really need? <laughs> Sorry, I can't do that voice very well. <sighs> Hi, friends. Is there a human text editor? Like, <laughs> like, like for, a, for a text message? For a text message editor? You send it over to, send it over to Z. <laughs> he checks it. And he sends it out. Also a way to conceal the source <laughs> of the text. <laughs> text. Text laundering, I guess. Text laundering. <laughs> Even the one that's like chained to the wall isn't technically stuck in the home. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Neat. <laughs> Maybe it's just a play on the Korean pun Bangkok. Meaning what? Move no. Room no, moving on. No. <laughs> no. Z was you the fan of the week? I I got one. Actually, I'm doubling down this week. Oh man. What? No. I've got two two fans of the week. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> did this did this episode you're responsible not... for all the effects that you put on your voice yep afterwards <laughs> we're not oh i know <laughs> this end of episode just turned into like hella hella jeff and, and sweet bro. bro and hella jeff sweet bro and hella jeff is that what's happening right now in audio form <laughs> i warned you about fans i told oh you bro oh boy anyway <clears throat> yes i have in fact i have two Fans of the week this week. Now, what's the following episode? Is it is it is the next fall is the next episode football? Oh yeah, it <laughs> yes. is fantasy football. Yeah, fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I like to think of this dun, 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 this is going to be the Blippers, folks. This whole thing is just over. <laughs> oh, God. Next week on Phanthropological, we're talking football. That's right. <laughs> football. <laughs> on Phanthropological next week, football of the fantasy variety. <laughs> this Friday, Sunday, Sunday, Friday, Friday. Sorry. It's Phanthropological XVI. <laughs> where we talk about fantasy football. <laughs> Wouldn't it be up to like L by now? Well, for us, it's actually no, uh, oh, our, our okay. episode. I was it's going to say. It's <laughs> up there. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And on, on next week's episode of the Knicks cast, 
Uh, if you look over here, you're going to see a bunch of people making a podcast. And if you look over here, they're going to be doing a podcast on fantasy football. And if you notice that when the person over there goes over there, uh, that's where you're going to get a fantasy football episode. And you can watch it next week. Oh, you're doing sports commentator. I thought you were doing a tour guide and it's like, he's, he's all right, John and to your Madden. left. John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> see, if you got dirt on your jersey... That's less dirt that's going to be on the field. <laughs> All right. I need I need at least one other person to be in on this, but I think you'll see okay. where it's going. Just uh, follow my lead. Okay. <laughs> All right. And next week on Fantasypological, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy. That's right, Final Fantasy, the greatest RPG of all time. That's right, Final Fantasy football. We're going to be talking Wait, about what? that. What? Wait, what do you mean football? Isn't that what we're doing? Isn't that what we're doing? No? <laughs> oh, oh, no, we are doing fantasy Oh, football. we are doing... Oh. Z, you wrote the notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got it uh, in my notes here, Final Fantasy football. I think I think I, I thought we were going to be canceled after that, so it's like our final episode, but uh, we've been renewed again, so... You're up to I 15 thought, now. I thought, <laughs> I thought you compulsively wrote a final in front of every time you saw the word fantasy. Um, I've I've gotten over that. Uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of hours in the chair, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like how you still put 2016. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So join us so. next week. <laughs> <laughs> join us next week when we talk about fantasy football. Uh, I want to see. Can you make a parody with Willy Wonka? We're not talking about taters. We're not talking about uh, them gators. We're talking about fantasy football. We're talking football. I have to ask what the taters and gators are about. <clears throat> taters, baseball, gators. I don't know. Rhymes with taters. Isn't taters, there baseball, a gator? I guess so. No, surely Florida has like a team that has Gators. The Florida, I don't know. If, I don't know what they do. They do, but I don't know. If, I don't know if they're a football yeah, team. Yeah, I don't know. That might be might be a baseball team, or they might used to have been a baseball. Yeah. Team. No, 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 no. Next week, what do tailgate parties, barbecues, and our podcast have to do in common? Absolutely nothing, because we're talking about fantasy football. Mm. We're not. We will not be enjoying delicious barbecue mm. during our podcast. <laughs> no. Which is a pity, really. <laughs> Next week, all the excitement of the gridiron on a piece of paper with the pencil and numbers because they're talking fantasy football. Hey, did you ever want to watch a football game but not have to bother seeing a bunch of guys beat their heads in? Fantasy football is for you! I think you just... Mm. <laughs> That's like the best part of football. <laughs> yeah. Well, Collisions. <laughs> It's like NASCAR, right? You just want to watch the cars crash? Mm. Exactly. Some people just want to watch the world burn. This bloke, he's got a diamond, right? Oh no, I've lost it. Now I'm too posh to be my cocaine. <laughs> oh wait, it's better. Don't worry. Don't worry, that would not. Next time on, on Phantropological. It's me, Michael Caine. And I'm going to come on the show and talk all about it and becoming very posh again. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've had Mr. Kane show. Yeah, really. Yep. Yep. Accents out of control. Mm.
I think that's pretty good. Probably good. <laughs>